message is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Today's teaching is by Pastor Daryl Ruin. Celebrating Easter should have an effect on us. It should be a day that inspires transformation in us. Simple question to start this morning. Will you allow God's story to change your story? Just before the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, Jesus, he uh, sat at a table and he shared a final meal with his disciples. Eating a, a meal together was a way to both celebrate and commemorate. This, this would make sense to his disciples because, after all, it was, it was Passover. And they knew what it meant to eat a meal in remembrance. They understood. The point that they understood was that it, it, it wasn't just to remember. The point was that remembrance would cause change. The disciples were assuredly effective. I can't imagine that they weren't. We, when we, when we come to this table, we, we do this in remembrance. We do it in remembrance, though, for a reason. The story of God has changed my story. The story of God changes your story. Hopefully, it already has changed your story, but hopefully it continues to change your story. So I ask the initial question again. Will you allow God's story, even today, this Easter, this year, to continue to change your story? I told you last week that in the Lord's Supper series that we've started, we are going to, as we sit around that Last Supper table together, we are going to attempt to look back at the table and maybe see things at that table that we we haven't maybe seen before or noticed before. When Jesus sat at that table you got to know that he saw things differently than the rest who sat around that table. Not only did he see things differently, he saw things that the others just, just didn't have eyes to see. Perspective changes everything. My prayer this morning is that God would let our hearts see through, through Jesus' eyes this morning. And, and that... May our perspective be changed at this table. Amen? When I look back at the scene of the Last Supper over the last week, I saw something that I I knew. I knew as a story in the Bible, but I I I didn't necessarily or very quickly connect it to our Last Supper story. It's a story you know. But maybe you haven't connected all the dots. John 13 says this, starting in verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. That's a powerful thing to know, isn't it? Here's what he did. With that knowledge, he got up from, from supper. He got up from that last supper. 
And he laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself, he wrapped himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. I knew that story. We know, we know Jesus washed feet. I think I kind of forgot the occasion. He's sitting at the table with the disciples. Maybe it even seems like the meal had begun. They'd already <laughs> kind of jumped in. They'd already started, started to eat, celebrate and commemorate and remember and, and share. And it's as if Jesus kind of just kind of in the midst stops, pauses and looks around and, and, and notices something. Notices something, something's not right. Something's been, something's been missed. To the point, sitting at the table, Jesus saw the disciples' dirt. He saw their mess. Now listen. Before those disciples would ever understand at that table, broken and poured out, they had to know that they, they had dirt. They had to know that they, they had to be cleansed. Before they would ever understand, broken, poured out. Somebody had to stop the meal and say, no, wait. Something's been missed. So it says that Jesus got up from the table to fix the problem. He got up from the table to change something that was, that was wrong, something that was missed. Scripture says that he laid his outer garment aside and he grabbed a towel thing he had on that he wore to dinner he he politely stood up maybe they hadn't noticed yet took it off and uh, he noticed that somebody had forgot somebody forgot this part walked around the table in no particular order he um, he made his way to his friends At this point, you, like maybe the disciples, probably getting a little uncomfortable. You're wondering about that hole in the sock you have on. (laughs) Or that um, the fact that you're not wearing socks has made things pretty nasty. might have a little anxiety that if I stopped in front of you, what what I might find. I should have took a shower this morning, not last night. 
but I can't even see your sin. Imagine, imagine the Lord who saw not just the dirt on the outside, he saw, he saw the depth of your heart. He saw the complete mess. All of it. Even the stuff that you can cover up from the rest of us. Not just the outside. He, he could see right to the inside. And Peter all but refused until Jesus said, Peter, almost as almost as a like an appetizer lesson before before this lesson would take place at that last supper before the broken and spilled out it was almost like an appetizer as as he got around to Peter listen Peter if i don't if i don't wash you then there's no hope <laughs> i love peter's answer Let's do this. All of it. All of me, Lord. Not just my feet. All of me. I remembered something this week as I looked back at the Last Supper story. As I, as I read through and I connected the dots that, that, this, that this happened, um, it occurred to me that that this wouldn't be the first time, nor would it be the last time, that Jesus would get up and take off his robe and serve humanity. There are three more occasions, and every one of these occasions affects my heart this morning. The first occasion was in heaven. Philippians 2 says it this way, that although Christ existed in the form of God, He did not regard that equality with God a thing to be grasped, held on to, clenched. But instead, He emptied Himself. Taking the form of a bondservant, being made into the likeness of man, being found in the appearance of man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient, obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus got up from His throne one day in heaven. He laid down His divinity, His robes of royalty He took off and, and He put on humanity. And He came down so that He could cleanse us from our dirt. The second occasion I, I just mentioned, I've displayed it here, while the others were we're fighting over who would be the greatest. Yeah, that was part of that story as well. The disciples. No, I'll, I'll be number two. No, I'll be number two. It was, it was part of that meal, that same meal. In that very moment when Jesus said, <laughs> everyone wants to be number two. And the inference is I'm number one. Let, let me show them what number one does. took off his robe. And while others were trying to lift themselves up, he got low. The third occasion is, is past this one. The third occasion came shortly after the meal, after Christ's 
arrest after his trial. Here's, here's what happened. After they beat his back with a cat of nine tails, they, Scripture says, put a robe of purple on him. This robe became soaked in his blood. And as they laid the crown on his head and beat it down with a reed, his, his face would be covered with blood. They likely put a bag over his head with the crown and beat him in the face with the, with the bag covering. Then they would remove the bag, spit on him, curse his name, remind him that this is the king of the Jews. All while wrapped in this mocking purple robe. But then they, in order to give him his cross to carry to Golgotha's hill, they would rip that blood-soaked purple robe from his back, further opening the scars that were already there. They put a heavy Roman cross and whipped him as he struggled up the bloody mile. This purple robe, it was a robe of suffering for our Lord. It was stripped of him, but believe me, he laid it down. (laughs) And he was left in that moment to be made a shame and naked before all men. Psalm 22 would say, they will part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. That robe they ripped off, they, they decided to gamble over his stuff. And when they got to that robe, they said, well, let's not tear this into four pieces. Let's just gamble for this and whoever wins gets to keep this, this piece. He knew it was coming. He willingly, he willingly laid down his purple robe, his blood-soaked robe. Certainly now by this point the disciples would begin to understand what broken and poured out really meant. But I mentioned there were three. Three in addition to this Last Supper. So three, three plus one. So he came from heaven. He removed his royal robe and put on humanity to come down to cleanse us from our dirt. He, he sat at this table. He, he took off his robe at the last meal and he, he put on the towel and he took the, the, the place of the servant, the least among them. And in the, in the most painful moments of human life, in a moment of mockery, he allowed that purple blood-soaked robe to be stripped of him. That's, that's three, but there must be another. John 20 says this. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been rolled away. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Who do you think the other disciple is? He gives another hint. The other disciple is the one whom Jesus loved. Probably John. What gospel are we reading from? John. 
kind of funny, isn't it? I like John. Look what he says. She goes to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and he said to them, and she said to them, uh, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have laid him. She, she thinks they've stolen him. Peter then came out with the other disciple, John, and they went toward the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple outran Peter. John says, I won. And they reached the tomb. John, the author, stooping to look in. What did he see? He saw the linen wrappings lying there. He couldn't even get in. Can you imagine the scene? Awake from the dead. Having been wrapped in burial clothes, Jesus says, it's, it's time to lay these death robes aside. <laughs> and he sits up. He casts them off. Risen. He walks out. What a story. From, from heaven to earth and from earth now back again. What a story. All also that he could change our story. All so that he could change yours. All so that he could change my story. He laid it down. Listen. Jesus laid down these robes so that you could put one on. What robes? What robes do we wear? Listen. Zacharias says this. He spoke and said to those who were standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him. Again he said to him, See, I have taken your iniquity away. I have taken your iniquity away from you. And will clothe you with, Zacharias says, festival robes. Celebration robes. Isaiah says it this way, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. And arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adores his head like a priest. And as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. We get the robe, the white pure robe of the bride. Luke says it this way. Uh, in the story you know well of the, of the prodigal. But the father. But the father. At, at the sight of the returned son. But the father calls out to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring the best robe. Not just any old robe will do. We get the best. Revelation says this, And after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, from all peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. That's us. Those are the robes we get. Because He was willing to, to cast His aside. Question, how, 
How have you allowed God's story to change yours? Um, maybe you didn't realize until now that He, he knows your dirt. The perspective that, that Christ has around the table is that he, he doesn't miss a thing. Not just the stuff on the outside, but way down to the dirt. Praise the Lord, He, he knows our mess. He knows our sin. And not just in part, but in whole. He knows it all. And yet He loves us still. He still still laid it down. Maybe this morning, the way you need to allow this Easter story of God to change you is that you need to let Him make you clean. You need to let Him make you clean. Why he came. And because he came, he conquered sin and death and offers victory to you. And maybe you've not taken your part of that victory. Maybe by faith and repentance, you've not taken stake in the victory that Christ has won on our behalf. You see, all that he did, he did, he did for you, he did for me. Because he, I mean, he he knows. He knows there's dirt. He knows this has to happen. He's the only one that can do it. Maybe you're already born again. Good. Then you get to follow Christ's lead. What do I mean? Just before that passage in Philippians I mentioned earlier where it said, although that Christ existed in the form of God, He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held on to. He was willing to take that robe off of His royalty so that He could come down and, and, and robe Himself in humanity so that, he could, so that He could satisfy the wrath of the Father, that He would, he would come and He would take the, the position as a bondservant, as a human being, even as a slave, even even to the point of death, even to the point of death on a cross. Right before it says that, right before it says that he did that, do you know what it says? Christian, do you know what what the author says right before that amazing statement about Christ? He says, have this same attitude in you, that although he existed in the form Already born again? Great. He's already changed your story by His great story? Wonderful. He can, he, can, he can transform it still yet today. I imagine there's places in your life where, where you need to follow His lead in humility. Follow His lead in sacrifice. Follow His lead in follow through. Follow His lead in commitment. Follow His lead in serving those who, who you share fellowship with. Or do you eat your meal and move on? Do do you take your provision and move on? Born again? Wonderful. He can still change your story. Your continued story. 
He can make you more like Him. Uh, that's not the only place. The, the passage I mentioned in John 13, where, he, where He's here, where He's doing this, it, it goes on to say that after He washed their feet, He goes back to the table and He sits down and He, he teaches like, like the rabbi was best at doing. Listen to what he says later on in John 13. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined again at the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? Do you get it? Anybody get it? Raise hands around the table. Anybody understand? No? Let me tell you. You call me teacher. You call me Lord. The one with authority. You're right. For so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example. He's not just showing off. He's not just washing feet, right? For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did. Born again? Great. I think Easter, the celebration of Easter should do something. It should accomplish something in our hearts, especially child of God. It should shape us. It should change us. It should continually tweak us, transform us, sharpen us. The, the fact that He from heaven to earth here on earth, was willing to constantly lay his own self aside, humble himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, like a common slave, to serve those who he came to save, to, to let men, human beings, those who he created with the Father shaped out of dust, all of humanity, to let common creation spit on Him, belittle Him, whip Him, mock Him with a, with a purple garment as, as if he's, he's not the King He claims to be. And then, and then tear it off again and gamble over it. What kind of kind of God is that? It's the God who says, I gave, I gave you these things as an example. You should do as I did. So certainly, child of God, there's humility to be learned. There's sacrifice to be learned. There's levels of commitment. There's, there's service to be learned. There's, there's all that. But you say, Pastor, what about the, the other robes? What about that purple robe? ripped from his back. Will that ever be part of my story? The answer is maybe. There may be moments, seasons, days and years of pain that are a part of your story in Christ. Purple robe? Maybe. 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 But our hope is in those empty burial garments.
Our hope is in the resurrection. Scripture would say if the resurrection is not true, we are to be pitied more than anyone else. We're wasting our time. But because they found his burial robes laid aside, cast aside, he was gone. It says that he took the napkin that was on his face, that, that, gar- that, that cloth that was on his face, and he immediately rolled it up and he set it to the side. He was, and he was out of there. He was, he was gone. They would, they would find him later. Scars to prove who he was. The, the story of Easter, God's story of redemption, all the way into the empty tomb, should do something. The laying aside of his robes should, should do something. It should change us. It should transform us. It should shape us. Not just once in our past, but for the rest of our days here on earth. Until we see Him for who He is and become like He is. In that moment when we, we find Him face to face, we live to be transformed, to become more and more like He is. That starts with our repentance and our faith. That starts with kneeling at His cross, claiming that forgiveness as our own, claiming that penalty, that payment as our own for our own account. Put it on our own tab. Thank you, Lord. It starts there, but it doesn't end there. Child of God, find this Easter your, your way through celebration into transformation. God's still in the business of making us more like His Son. In the end, we have promised a robe of righteousness. Not our righteousness, but His. In the end, we find ourselves with countless others surrounding His throne, giving back to Him who deserves all the glory and all the praise, the reward of His suffering, Scripture calls it, you'll find yourself among a sea of people all robed in His righteousness, white as snow. White as snow. I pray Easter does something this year. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, this is Your story. It is our confession It is the truth of Your Word that teaches us all that You have done from heaven to earth, despised, rejected, tortured, beaten, mocked, crucified, broken, spilled out, buried, but raised up on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. You did, you did exactly what you said you would do, Father. And the Son was as obedient as He set out to be. Forever our model. Make us more like Your Son, who knew that You had sent Him 
and, and knew that he was returning to you. Lord, we know that your son has now sent us on. But not only that, Lord, we, we take confidence and assurance of what is to come. That we, that we will be back with you, our creator. So, Lord, we have hope. Even if there's pain, we, we have hope. Even if there's mocking, we have hope. Even if there's still dirt and, and stuff to be chiseled out of our life and off of our heart, Lord, there's, there's hope. Because you removed those, those burial robes. You have risen. And so we can be confident that you were not a charlatan, you were not a fraud. You are not a fake Messiah. Jesus, you are the one. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. If repentance and faith is our first step today, Lord, be gracious to that soul. Call him home. We know you have the best robe waiting. Holy Spirit, do the work in the darkness of our heart that only you can do. For we, the children of God, may this Easter do something in us to make us more like your Son. We believe these things. And so we set our lives on the course to be transformed into the likeness of your Son, who is our cornerstone. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.